Are you trying to figure out how to get things done? Are you trying to look for knowledge that can actually help you do something, be something, be better at what you do? Hi, I'm Joyce Mbaya, founder of ZD, where we provide affordable online courses for Africa. This is the place for you, the ZD Podcast, where we have inspiring conversations with amazing people. And the ultimate goal is to help you know more so you can do more. Hello, everybody. Um, it's a pleasure to connect with you this lovely, is it even Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday <laughs> um, afternoon. Uh, there's so many amazing entrepreneurs on this call. In fact, Jen, I was wondering, all these experienced people, I wonder what I'm coming to tell them, you know? Um, so Jen has introduced me. My name is Joyce Mbaya. I'm the founder and CEO of ZD, and I'm excited to share my lessons and experiences in this session. Um, a little bit about me. I've been in business for 10 years now in full-time entrepreneurship. I jumped headfirst uh, from a high-flying corporate job with the top telco in Kenya called Safaricom into this world of ours of business, and I have never looked back. <laughs> um, I've got about 19 years of career experience. My first job was in whew, 2001, uh, working for a bank, formerly Barclays Bank, now APSA. So uh, it's amazing when I reflect that like, it's been 19 years um, for me being, um, you know, having my career experience, working in different industries and doing very many different things during that time. Um, fun fact about me, I was one of three Kenyans who participated in The Apprentice Africa in 2008. So I've been on TV <laughs> and reality TV. Uh, if you ever need uh, stories about that, you can look for me. I always have very fun stories to share about that. But it was exciting to be part of a group of 18 people from across Africa. I think it opened up my mind a lot to the fact that the, the, the power of collaboration across different African countries. So in this session, seeing all of you uh, from different African countries, I find that really exciting. I think it's just, it's just amazing when we open ourselves up to the possibilities beyond where we are based to see how can we have impact across Africa and not just in the countries where we are based. I've also published a book called Jibebe, Imagine, Believe, Become. Um, so my journey into my business actually began because I'm very passionate about capacity building, empowerment. I, I'm here to enable anyone, my life's purpose, uh, to achieve their full potential. And I do my best with my talents uh, and with everything I can so that people can actually gain the skills they need and be able to really um, unleash their full potential in everything they do in life and live the best lives possible. Um, so, yeah, so that's just a little bit about me. And I want to share I would say there are three three things I could share. I have, obviously, you can see with all these stories, <laughs> I'm the kind of person who can speak and share a lot of different things. But for today's session, I thought three things that, um, that especially in this journey, I, I would say between last year and this year with ZD, right? Um, what are three things for me that have really, really stood out as lessons that hopefully I can share with you? Uh, I've realized I've not talked much about ZD, uh, but I am, Jane mentioned it a little bit. We're basically empowering businesses to provide digital training. So all of you have employees, you have teams. Uh, we're here to help you make sure your team has the skills to perform, whether it's sales, customer service, um, and any other skills, professionalism, communication. We're here to ensure that you can affordably train your teams, leveraging technology to do that. Uh, so lesson number one for me is about loving the problem. So one of the things that has really stood out um, as, as I've been on this journey with CD is that as entrepreneurs, we are here to solve a problem. We all know that. I know we started our businesses because we noticed there was a problem and we wanted to solve it. 
But what happens, and, and, and I'm happy to share my own, <laughs> you know, struggles around this is, I think we, we, we come up with a problem and we create a fantastic solution to solve the problem. And then we get very attached to our solution. So for me with ZD, <laughs> um, we launched ZD as a, as a marketplace. Actually, we wanted it to be similar to Udemy or Coursera, but from, for Africa. So when we first launched, you know, we, we wanted to make, to make it open for people to, you know, publish courses and then anyone, anywhere can buy the courses affordably, you know, for even less than $10. And we wanted it to reflect content by Africans, for Africans. And really, we were solving that problem where we thought we don't have enough of our own trainings or our own courses by Africans online, right? Um, and this is what we set out to do. But along the way, obviously, as you all know, because you're in business like me, once you launch <laughs> uh, your customers and the market and, you know, you start to notice pushback or gaps or issues around the way you're, you're trying to solve the problem. So for us, we had a lot of amazing courses that we built. We put in the effort, but almost a year and a half in, we were struggling with the business model. You know, we, we would even started to pitch investors for our pre-seed funding. And the question would always be like, okay, how, are, how is this going to make take you to you know to scale to this level and obviously you know without sufficient revenue no matter how noble the cause the business cannot survive right we need to generate enough income um, to actually be able to uh, eventually uh, not just support the business and grow the business but to be profitable I mean that's what business is for even if you're impact based you want the business to be sustainable so the lesson for me was in that I think when we like for us especially we're in technology right and we talk about leveraging technology um, you, you build a solution and you sort of f- focus so much on how this solution should work and the features and what you want to do and how you want people to experience it. But once you start to realize that the market or your customers have a different view, this is when I learned that it's not just about the solution. I have to love the problem I'm solving more than the solution. And this is really hard, by the way, for most of us founders. It's, once you have this idea on how you're fixing the problem, letting go of that idea is not easy. And I'm sure, and I hope that most of you can relate. You've put in and invested so much into this is the way we are going to do it, you know. Um, but the thing for me is that at the end of the day, if you love the problem more than the solution, then your business will evolve. Then you will eventually be able to provide something that works for your customers, even though you have to run a lot of experiments along the way. Um, and where technology comes in is technology is an enabler to help you um, solve the problem, you know. And I always say this because my background is in technology as well. Um, it's, we, all, we shouldn't fear technology, you know. In fact, technology is about making processes more efficient. For ZD, we are not here to provide technology. We are here to help you train. And why are we helping you train? Because we want your, you to build a dream team for your business. So the process is more important than the technology. The technology is helping you make that process efficient and helping you scale. So whatever industry you're in right now, it doesn't matter what your business does. I want you to think about how can you bring in technology um, and leverage technology against the processes you have. And don't overthink it. I think we all think technology means build a platform that has, I don't know how many features, you know, it can be intimidating. But even if simple use of technology in your business is still great, as long as it makes you more efficient. And the the other thing is, how can technology help you go from 20 to 10,000 customers? Because to be able to reach people at scale and in different markets across Africa, we have to leverage technology. In my case, I've been a trainer 
um, and done training in person, in class. When I launched ZD, ZD gave me the opportunity to go from training 30, 50, 100 people to training 15,000. We have 15,000 people using the platform now. 15,000 people, as you know, if I try to put them in a stadium as Joyce and train, <laughs> even with a group of trainers, obviously it's a tall order. So this is one example that I'm giving to say, um, you can leverage technology and don't be afraid of looking at how can you bring in technology in any simple way in your business because that is how you'll be able to scale. Um, so technology is here to help you solve the problem, you know, and this is why you love the problem more than the solution because you can find ways to work in all these innovations in there. Uh, finally, ZD last year, and talking about loving the problem, this is what helped us to pivot. So last year we were at a point where with the model we were trying to run, which was B2C, and individuals purchasing courses on our platform, we were, we were, it's just the revenue just wasn't getting to where we needed to be. And so if I had remained attached to the solution of a B2C marketplace, ZD would not be here right now. Uh, but I had to go back and ask, if I could launch, my question was to myself was, if I could launch ZD again from start, forgetting about everything I've been doing to solve this problem, how would I do it? And this enabled me to have an open mind to see, oh, this is the problem I'm solving, but there's a different way to approach this problem. So, for example, in Africa, a lot of us have gained training through our employers, right? Businesses pay for training. Most individuals may not, <clears throat> excuse me, invest in their own personal development. So this showed us as ZD that there's a bigger opportunity that people can still gain the skills that we want them to gain. We can still help people achieve their potential, but the paying customer should be the business because the business has uh, the capacity to invest in training their employees. And you know, when you train your employees, it's not just for your business. Even when they move on to a different company, they can still apply those skills wherever they go. So as ZD, we're still solving the bigger problem of upskilling and enabling people to gain skills, but the way we solve it changes so that, we're not expecting individuals necessarily to pay for their own courses, but now businesses are paying. And when we did that, we pivoted and we experienced 300% growth in our business last year. So this is why I'm emphasizing this point that please love the problem more than you love the solution. Okay. So I'll move on. I know my time is tight, but this was the biggest one for me. The next one, which I have to touch on because it's something that's relevant for all of us here is capital and funding. I've been in a process of fundraising and by the way, this could be a whole session by itself. Maybe we'll come back and I can share a lot on, on my own journey on fundraising, but three very quick points, very quick that I've just talked about. What have I learned in my process of raising capital and of fundraising? Number one, not every investor is for your business. I found myself speaking to some actually amazing investors but for the stage of my business, maybe it's not the right investor. So they would say, oh, Joyce, you need to be speaking to a seed stage investor. And I've had to learn what does that mean? Who are the seed stage investors? Who are the investors that are relevant for my business at this stage? And what am I seeking to gain beyond capital or financing from this investor? If you speak to 100 investors who are the wrong investors, you can imagine how that would feel where you start to think that your business is not worthy of investment when actually... That just wasn't the right investor for you. So investing the time to research on what is an investor looking for, what's the investment thesis, but most important, what, what is their stage of funding? Are they a pre-seed? Are they a seed? Are they a series A? Um, are they an institutional VC? What kind of investor are they? And are they the right investor for your stage of business, right? The next thing, feedback and network. 
in my journey of fundraising, I've had rejections and rejections are the order of the day. Um, initially, of course, rejections are very tough. When you see that person say no, it, it's, it, we are all human, right? So it, it feels like, like they're saying, you, you know, like your uh, business is not going to work. Joyce, you have one more minute. Okay. Sorry. I think I, I wasn't looking at my time. Thank you for the reminder. <clears throat> so, um, you need to look at gaining feedback from the investor and networking. So, um, so when an investor says no, one of the things that's worked really well for me is I go back and I ask for another meeting just for feedback. And I build a network. So right now it's about building networks and relationships with investors, even though they are not ready to invest in my business right now. And my last point here is that you only need one yes. So don't be intimidated if you're receiving no's. Even if you receive a hundred no's, always remember you only need one yes. So keep going and don't give up. Last point, because I only have one minute, um, and I won't talk much about this. Sorry, I've run out of time. I think I had more to say than I thought. Um, your leadership is very key when and building a dream team. So invest in yourself as a leader, because the most critical skill for you when you're building your business is leadership. We are here to find the right people that can help us achieve our vision. We shouldn't try to do everything by ourselves. If you want your business to, to, to last uh, and for your vision to survive, you have to continuously find the right people and invest in them to help you build your business. So invest in yourself as well. Take care of yourself as a leader um, so that you can actually have the capacity to build your business. And I'll keep this very short because I've run out of time. Jane, if you'll allow me um, to cut into my Q&A time a little bit, I want to end with a very important quote, (laughs) if it's okay. Um, And my voice is letting me down, but actually I was going to sing a song, but I'll still go ahead and try because I'm an entrepreneur and I don't give up. As pastors, <laughs> say, uh, don't listen to the, to the voice, <laughs> listen to the word. So I want to close with this uh, quote that I hope um, <clears throat> makes a difference for you. And it says, what lies behind us and what lies before us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. And the song that comes to mind um, for this is a song I love that says, listen as the day unfolds. Challenge what the future holds. Stand up and be counted. Don't be afraid to shine. You gotta be, you gotta be bad. You gotta be bold. You gotta be wiser. You gotta be hard. You gotta be tough. You gotta be stronger. You gotta be cool. You gotta be calm. You gotta stay together. All I know, all I know, love will save the day. Thank you. I rushed through the end, but thank you very much. So uh, thank you so much for 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 uh, that presentation. It's a very inspirational story. Um, you spoke about the challenges that you had in terms of funding. Maybe if you could just share one of the biggest challenges that you had in terms of funding uh, um, your, your 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 business, and how you were able to overcome um, um, that challenge, or rather the constraint. I think, <clears throat> sorry, my, my simple answer, I think the fundraising process in and of itself is very tough, right? Which is why I had to speak about it. I'll even speak about not even the current round, but I'll talk about the first. I raised a pre-seed um, round <clears throat> in 2019. So it was the first time I raised funding for my business. And I just remember how difficult it was. Um, you know, you're pitching investors, getting a lot of no's, um, getting all sorts of feedback. I was actually, and, and the... the I'll be vulnerable and open enough to share even the amount that I was seeking to raise. I only ended up raising half. So in fact, what happened was 
Um, when we got an investor who was interested, who is our current investor who came in for that round, um, we went back and forth with them and they pushed back quite a bit. In fact, I can even share with you, speaking to the challenges, right? Um, some of the things that um, we went through when they were vetting us. So they liked our business. They wanted to invest. I remember the first time I shared my financial model with them. I mean, he just sent me back an email and said, Joyce, come on, this is, you're not thinking big enough. He would, he did not, the numbers, the model, um, and obviously that's not my strength. So maybe the other advice would be, you know, I've learned a lot about find people like Andy has said, advisors to help you. So the financial model almost lost me that deal just because, you know, it just didn't meet the expectations of the investor. And it was ironical that for an investor to be the one to tell me, I'm thinking too small, you see, about my business. The numbers I'm presenting there are not exciting if I expect an investor to put money into the business. So I spent late nights, I had to ask my sister, um, who was out of the country at the time, you know, I was calling and asking her to help me. And he ended, I ended up doing a very simple spreadsheet, which I did myself with only two sheets. And the investor loved that way more than the big complicated model I'd shared, which uh, looked fancy, but didn't even have the numbers he wanted. And he said the reason he did that was because he loved me, he loved the team. So what got me the investor, what made him not give up on me despite my model being off was the fact that you know, I'd made a strong impression with my pitch and he said my team as well, he loved the team. But most investors will not do that, right? They'll probably tell you no and you don't know why they said no, right? So my financial model, that was a big one. And then even then he still said, I'm only going to give you half um, because I'm not convinced. So I had to make a decision. Do I take half or do I say no? And of course I took the half because I thought, let me take what I ha- I'm getting and then use that to show traction. And that has worked out for me. Um, so I hope that answers your question um, in terms of one of the challenges I faced. At least eventually I did get some funding. Now that I'm raising my next round, um, yeah, there are a lot more lessons that I've shared and things that I'm trying to do better. Yeah. This week's episode has come to an end, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. If you have any questions, suggestions or feedback, head over right now to Twitter and Facebook and like and share, comment, get involved. Let us know what you think, what you want to learn next. And join us next time.